0: Hi, Calling family, this is Pastor Michael, and welcome to our church podcast. I'm so grateful for you tuning in today, and I believe today's message is going to strengthen your faith in Jesus. We've been in a series, Better Together, working on our togetherness, talking about how we need each other. Say each other. We need each other to grow in Christ. We need each other to grow Christ. Uh, in, our, in our walk with Jesus. So a healthy Christian looks like a person who is walking with Jesus, but also walking with one another. Now, we live in a very highly individualistic society. We live in a society that, for many, their God is the God of self. All right? What about me? And I talked about this earlier in the series, that a church is not about me, it's about a we. Come on, somebody. Church is a me, it's not a, excuse me, church is a is not a me. It is a we. All right. I can do church all by myself. No, you can't. That even that just that's not even the definition of church. The definition of church is community, the assembly of gathering of people. Amen. No matter where we're gathered at, even a building, a park, wherever it is, uh, we need each other, and that's the way that God designed us. In the very beginning genesis god said it's not good for man to be alone so watch this god does not want you i think we have a picture do we have it raquel god does not want you looking like like this guy that's not the intention god wants you to have a healthy life but that means people you know by the way how many remember how many remember wilson all right wilson wilson that volleyball I don't know if it just sold, but it sold for over $300,000 at, at an auction. One of the highest movie props ever. Why? That tells you how important a friend is. in. G, or Let's just pretend he's a Christian in Jesus, all right? How important a friend is. If you have a great friend, you are blessed in the name of Jesus. Come on, someone is always there for you, can listen to you, not judge you, but give you truth when truth is needed. So the Bible says this, we're gonna talk about the importance Um, We're going to wrap up the series today. We're going to talk about the importance of Christian community slash Christian friends. And by the way, do you have Christian friends? You know, I think it's okay to have friends that are not Christian. That's fine. All right. But what I mean by Christian friends are people who are going to speak into your life and guide you to where God wants you to go. You know, when I got saved, I didn't have Christian friends. All my friends were clubbing. All my friends were smoking weed. Weed was never my thing, all right? But I like to drink. I liked, go to parties and drink and, you know, date and all those kinds. of That's what all my friends were doing. So when I went to church, I realized that I had no Christian friends. And it wasn't until I aligned myself with God and his people that I began to grow spiritually in my walk. God started to shape my life. God started to move in my life. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, God wants to do the same for your life. You need Christian friends. Watch this. You need friends who are going uh, on the upward call, who are going toward the direction of Christ. And what does it mean to be Christian? Watch this. It could be summed up like this. What it means to be Christian is to become Christ-like. The whole goal is that you become like Christ. In every one of your circumstances, what would Christ do? Being like Christ, amen? And so over this discussion today, we're going to talk about the four things that Christian community does and Christian friends do, amen? It says this in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. One who walks with the wise becomes wise. But whoever keeps company with fools only hurts himself. And before we get started, I'm going to actually go to my knees and pray. Would you bow your heads with me as we just take a moment to pray for the service? Lord, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this house. Father, we see the increase and the growth in this house. This is a work of your hands, and we say thank you. Lord, I pray that you adjust hearts, so to speak, bring light into the dark areas of our minds. Father, bring encouragement, shift perspective, give people hope. And Holy Spirit, do whatever you need to do, Father, in this place. We love you and we thank you, Jesus, for always being such a good friend, a true friend, a friend that never leaves us nor forsakes us. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Everybody said amen, amen. amen. Give the Lord one more clap as I take a drink. Thank you, Brandon. I think Brandon said he was single, by the way, trying to help a brother out, all right? He's been walking with Jesus how long? Year and a half. Give him a clap. Amen. So good. And he can play the keys. And I might help him out. All right. So good. Awesome. All right. Talking about those who walk with the wise will become wise. Can you honestly say that you're walking with people who are wise? All right. God wants to help you today by sharing with you the importance of joining Christian community. And I've been sharing, kind of being really raw, honest about the church. There's no perfect church. Every church is, has some sort of issues, so to speak. And be careful because if you join the perfect church, y'all about to mess it up, all right? There's no perfect church. Why? Because there's only one perfect savior. His name is Jesus and he works through imperfect people. Somebody say amen. I'm so thankful that we have a church that doesn't pretend to be perfect but is on its way to perfection in Jesus. Somebody say amen. A church that can be honest about our our shades and our hues. Um, A church that is humble enough to understand that we need the Lord Jesus. Christ and without him humanity will never have a true way someone say amen all right so we need each other to help each other in this path and in this journey and by the way life is way too long of a journey to be alone life is way too long of a journey to do all by yourself a uh, life, a uh, faith is too long of a journey. Faith and life go hand in hand. They're both our journeys, and God does not want your faith journey to to uh, be to, your faith journey to do this out alone. And by the way, I, I was studying yesterday, and the three or four obstacles that stop people from gro- growing in their faith. One of the one of the statistics is if you don't get planted in a church in about three or four months. Chances are you're just going to fade out. That's the honest truth. Why? Because there's no connection. And God wants you to have connection with people. Another one, the top one actually is busyness. Say busyness. We get too busy for the Lord. You know, you, we, we get too busy. And that's often me as well because I have a, a, lot, a lot going on. I have young kids, a young family. And now I look at my calendar and I prioritize my My, my family. I always look at my calendar, they are the, Jesus and my family are the top one. Let me tell you, on your calendar, when you look at your iPhone and your Google account, whatever it is, sorry, Google, I'm not, what's the Android? Sorry, I'm not an Android guy, all right. Uh, where are the Android people, you are dismissed. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Where are the San Francisco giants, you are dismissed. Jesus, And geez, I'm just kidding. I just, I, I'll try to love you. I'll try, all right, no, I'll try. All right, where are the cat people, you are definitely dismissed. In Jesus' name. I am not a cat person, man. Ugh. How many? Of you might, where are my dog people at? Let's go! Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a little strange. Someone barked right now. All right, that's all good. All right. Uh, yeah, I, we had a cat once. I gave it the boot. It just gave me too much attitude. I was like, No, I, I you can't have two people, with two attitudes up in this house. No. <laughs> Actually, the cat got jealous of my newborn child, and I said, You got to go. <laughs> so they live in the backyard free. All right. Anyway. And my dog lives in the inside. <laughs> Sorry. All right. And I lost my train of thought. All right. So actually, we can start a life group where the dog people and the cat people right there. All right. You need people in your, oh, uh, uh, obstacles to growing in your faith. One is busyness. So you need, to, you need to look at your schedule, all right. Because if you don't schedule time with Jesus, you won't do it. If you don't schedule time with Jesus and make it a priority, chances are the other things in your life will be like a wave, and that's most of us, and just take priority, okay? Things will come in, tasks will come in, all right? But you need to make time for Jesus. Maybe today you are more stressed out than ever. Maybe today you are more ang- have more anxiety than ever. You have more fear than ever because Jesus, you're not scheduling Jesus, If you schedule, I I promise you that if you make more time for Jesus, the less anxious you'll feel, the more peace you will have in Jesus' name. Someone say amen, all right? So you got to factor that in. Busyness is one of the uh, 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 obstructions to growing, all right? Another one that people just honestly don't know is... People just don't know uh, how to take their next steps. That's why we have a program called Next Steps. We want to share with you a pathway where you can grow, which is receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior, which is being uh, born again, baptized, all right, serving on a team, being part of weekly uh, weekend services, all right. And another one is, is, is not having uh, an obstruction, I don't want to say obstruction, but a, a barrier to not allowing people to grow is this, is that, Um, people just don't have Christian friends. People don't have Christian friends who are going to help them along the journey and along the pathway, all right? So so number one, how does community help us? How does Christian community help us, all right? Number one, it sharpens us. Say sharpens us. Are you sharp today? I'm not talking about sharp with an attitude, but sharp for Jesus, passionate for God. Look what it says in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. It says this, as iron sharpens iron... So one person sharpens another, all right? Do you have friends in the faith who are sharpening you, bettering you, all right? Bettering your character and your knowledge of Jesus? God wants you to forge friends in the faith, all right? This season, this particular season, I'm speaking to a few people today, God wants to give you friends this season who are people of Jesus, and watch this, you'll see that your life will never be the same. I am so thankful for the friends that came alongside me as soon as I became a believer. I will never forget one season, I actually went to a young adult group, and I, not, I knew not one person at the age of 21, and that was very challenging and difficult. If I go to service, not one person knows me. Are they going to judge me because I'm not perfect and you know I have problems and I have issues, but well, how, how are people going to receive me? And I will never forget when I went to that service, one person, kind of funny, his name was Christian, actually welcomed me to sit with him. And Christian, what he did after service is he introduced me to like five different people who are brothers in the faith. And I was so thankful for Christian because he was like an open door that God had used to grow me, to to, to grow my faith, to grow my destiny. You need Christian friends who are going to help you. You know, what's the opposite of being sharp? It's being blunt, it's being dull. It's not growing, it's flat, it's unuseful. And God wants to sharpen your faith. God wants to sharpen your character by putting people in your path who when you talk to them, sparks are gonna fly. That when you meet with them, they're just gonna rub you the right way and you, growth will just happen. God wants to put people in your life when you meet together that you just become, you always are leaving better. Someone say amen. Say amen if you're out there today, all right? I know it's a little quiet. Well, watch this. I don't know about you, but do you wanna hang around hummingbirds or vultures? Do you wanna hang around vultures or hummingbirds? You know, vultures live on what was. And by the way, we have these two groups of people in our life, all right? Vultures are hummingbirds. Vultures live on death. They live on what was. They live on the past. They fill themselves with what, what is dead and gone. Do you have relationships in your life that you're always talking about what was? Always talking about what, what happened in the glory years and the glory days? They're always living off of yesterday? Or do you have friends that are like hummingbirds in your life, that hummingbirds seek new life? They're constantly around color. They're constantly around the blossoms of life. They're filling themselves with freshness and life, all right? And each bird finds what it's looking for. Are you, are, do you have friends that are vultures? Or do you have friends that are hummingbirds? God wants to give you life. He wants to surround you with people of life. Amen? Watch this. Edges get dull and so do people. All right? Edges get dull and so do people. If we want to get sharp, we have to grow. Say grow. And grow is willingly taking the opportunity to change, to be transformed. And, you know, growing is not easy. That's why a lot of people don't do it. Growing is not easy. But watch this, growing is what God wants you to do. And when we get in groups like life groups, we grow. Let me say that again. When we get in life groups, when we get in groups like life, life groups, we grow. All right? We're able to be sharpened by other people. When we have great company with the right circles. You know, one of my best friends is, you know, we don't have a lot of co- in common. But I met him in church. And uh, we don't have a lot in common. He's really brilliant. I'm not as brilliant as him. He's actually an aerospace engineers, engineer and he loves rockets and he works on rockets. All right. And he, he works on just how it. F- rocket flow and airflow, and you know he's a little bit socially awkward and you know I love sports and you know uh, you know I, I'm not as smart as him and he graduated with honors and I I graduated I barely graduated no I'm just kidding <laughs> and uh, uh but you know the one thing that we do have in common is that we love Jesus we love Jesus and that whenever we come together we are always leaving our meetings sharpened more inspired more hopeful, more encouraged. God wants you to be in a circle that way. And I always say this, that if you don't have a circle that is encouraging you, edifying you, or strengthening or building you, you don't have a circle, you have a cage. And God wants you to get out of that cage and find a new group of people who are going to uh, pour in life into you. Someone say amen. So they'll sharpen us. We need people in our life who are going to sharpen us. Who are going to give us, uh, uh, give us just, just an edge, so to speak. How about my second point? A Christian community, what a good Christian community and joining people of faith is, watch this. This might be tough, but it's true and we need it, is they correct us. They correct us. Very quiet on that one, all right? They correct us and they give us counsel. We need people in our life who will correct us. Somebody say amen. Who will counsel us. We need good correction in our life and in the faith. You know, look what it says in Proverbs 27, verse 6 in the Amplified. It says this, faithful are the wounds of a friend. That sounds funny. But watch. Faithful are the wounds of a friend who corrupts out of love and concern. You don't need people in your life who are always critiquing you and criticizing you just to put you down. Amen. And some of those people could even be family members So we need to take an inventory of today of who we are allowing to speak in our life. And God wants to build you, all right? Faithful are the wounds of a friend who corrects us out of love and concern. Watch this. A friend will give you truth with a flower, not truth with a grenade. You see that? And I think as a people, we need to learn to give truth with a flower. I was raised... In Baldwin Park and Pomona, and when we spoke truth, it was like five grenades. Boom, boom, boom. It just hit you hard, right? But over the years, I've learned to be more like Jesus and give the truth with grace. Someone say amen, all right? To build people, to love people. But the kiss, watch this. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful because they serve his hidden agenda. I like the way it says it in the CEV version. You can trust a friend who corrects you, but kisses from an enemy are nothing but lies. And watch this, it's the, it's the consistent kissing, so to speak, the consistent flattery. Be careful of people who constantly give you uh, flattery, flattery, flattery. All right? All right? But th- they say that flattery is like perfume. It smells good, but if you digest it, it's not going to be good for you. All right, so be careful with too much flattery. And honestly, I'm very careful as a pastor with too much flattery because sometimes the people that say you did great, you're amazing, you're awesome will be the people that talk about you. So you need to keep your circle close and tight. Somebody say amen, all right? Look at how Jesus was betrayed as we're talking about trust and correction and kisses from an enemy. You know how Jesus was betrayed? He was betrayed by Jesus and Judas went to him and signaled to the soldiers that this was him, Jesus, the Messiah, all right. And he gave him, he betrayed him with a what? With a kiss. Like that, Judas? Wow. That's devastating. Jesus knew it, by the way. So don't, he knew what was going to happen. So we need people in the faith who are going to lovingly correct us and guide us, shape us, and help us move forward in our faith and in our life. You know, I remember a time. When God called me to start the church in, 20, um, in 2016, uh, well, we launched in 2016, but it was a time in 2014, 2015, that I had heard from God during a time of prayer and fasting. God had shared with me, Michael, I want you to start a new work, and I want, you to, I want you to call the calling church, and I want you to do a new work and plan a church. And I said that before some advisors and some counselors, and they all gave me the green light. They were like, we see this in you, we bless you, we give you, we give you the okay to do this, and there was one person who kind of was like, not green light yet. And that person was very important and that person was my wife. My wife was like, I know what they said, but you know, you know you're you telling me this and I'm not sure right now. And I remember over <laughs> early, because we, we started a church when we were you know young and married and I was still learning to be a husband. Um, I remember that this one brother who I loved who'd been married for years and walking with the Jesus, Jesus for years, uh, uh, he shared with, I shared with him, man, my wife is just having a hard time. You know, God said this, and I keep telling her God said this, you know, and, and she's, not, she's not budging, she's, you know. And I remember the advice and the correction and the counsel he gave me. He said, Michael, you're not her God. You're her husband. Stop telling her, t- stop, stop in a way forcing her. If, if this is true and this is real and God is in this, then God himself will speak to her. You don't. You don't. So don't be her God, be her husband. And I'll never forget, I backed off, and I said, you know what, God, I only want what you want anyway, and if this is of you, then you got to speak to her. I backed off, and I, f- I remember that, you know, m- within a month or so, she came to me and said, you know what, God has spoken to me, God is in this church, God has called us, and we are, we're going to do this together. Someone say amen, all right? We need people who are going to give us correction. I will never forget, you know, I'm going backwards and backwards, but to give a point, I'll never forget, you know, before I was with my wife and dating my, my girlfriend Karina at the time, I was dating another girl for about four years who I really liked and we thought we were going to be married and I'll never forget a brother in the church gave me some good counsel and, and corrected me, you know, at the end it was a bad breakup and it was tough and it was tragic and it was difficult and it was heartbreak and all of that. But I'll never forget what this brother in Jesus told me. He said, Michael, stop praying for that woman. And I said, well, isn't that the Christian thing to do? Shouldn't we be praying for each other? And he said, you know what? God loves that woman more than you. But when you're praying for that person and you're not together anymore, you are emotionally con- uh, you're emotionally attaching to her and, you know, you, God wants to... God, is, this is over with, right? And I'll never forget how good that counsel was because uh, sometime later, what I realized is that I'm glad I stopped praying for that person because God was getting me ready for my wife. God was getting me ready for my future, all right? We need people who are gonna give us correction and love in our life, I like the old Jewish par- proverb. It says, a friend is one who warns you. A friend is one who will speak to you and warn you. There are many great examples in the Bible about pe- friendships, all right, that that loved each other and cared for one another and warned each other. One of those people is David and Jonathan. How many have heard of those characters in the Bible? David and Jonathan. They were brothers in the kingdom of Israel. Jonathan was a prince and his father was the first king. Saul was the first pr- pr- uh, king of Israel. Except Saul was very jealous of David. David had favor on his life. David had blessing on his life. David did not want to rule and reign. David just wanted to be faithful where he was. He loved his brother Jonathan, he loved his king Saul. But Saul was, was constantly fearful and discouraged and depressed and always was after David. In fact, when David would play the harp in the palace, King Saul would grab a spear and chuck it at David for no reason other than being jealous. You need to get rid of people. I'm going to say get rid of people. But if people are throwing spears and shooting arrows at you, that's your sign that you don't got a circle, you got a cage. That's the time you got to say, I, you, know what? you know what? I've had family in my life grab spears and throw words at me to just pain me and wound me. Because they were hurt. And you know, you can't can't divorce your family. You can't choose your family. I'm going to speak to someone. That's someone here today. What what Jesus would say as we become more Christ-like is to love them and forgive them. But choose the right people who you're going to allow good words to edify you, you, strengthen you, and build you. Someone say amen. You don't need people throwing spears at you. God wants to build your life up. You are a value. Someone right now, someone is throwing spears at you, telling you that, telling you, that you are nobody, that you are worthless, all right? Telling you that you are a, a reject, that, that you, your life is not going to amount to anything. I'm here to be a different voice to you right now. God is saying that you are somebody, that you are worth dying for, that you have value in your life, that you have purpose and meaning and intentionality. Come on, somebody say amen. What you need to do, what you need to do is be like Jesus or like David. When they miss, first of all, you need to get out the way of that spear, those words. Because words have the power of life and death. You need to get out the way. You don't need to pick that spear up. I'm talking to someone from Baldwin Park right now. You don't, need to pass, you don't need to get that spear and say, homie, what you say? That's the reaction that we're, norm, we're accustomed to. What what you say? What? You do me like that? No, God has called us to be like Jesus. Get out of the way of those words. Forgive them for they know not what they do. But that's your exit right there. I'm going to put myself in a, an environment where I'm going to be edified and built up. Sometimes I, had, I don't understand why people... I, I do and I don't. I do understand because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things out there about the church. But let me tell you, at the calling... We are going to edify you. As long as I am the leader of this church and God's called me to pastor and shepherd this place, we are going to speak words of life. We are going to speak words of forgiveness. We are going to speak words of mercy. And we are going to call the, the divine destiny out, out of you in Jesus' name to point you to a path of life. Come on, someone out there today. If you come to this church, you are going to be given life. You are going to be given words of encouragement, not spears of death. Come on, some, that's for someone. A few people here today. Someone is so your soul is so degraded because people keep telling you who you're not. And watch this. God, the devil will tell you who you're not. God will always tell you who you are. Let me say that again. The devil will always tell you who you're not, but God will always tell you who you are. Who are you? I know the Holy Spirit's moving right now because it's not in my notes. Who are you? You're a mighty prince and princess in the name of Jesus. You are justified by the blood of Jesus, fully forgiven of all of your sins. Who are you to talk about my past? I don't live in that house no more. I live in a new home called salvation and grace and mercy. Know who you are. Know who you are. If I didn't say anything that you understood, know who you are. Know who you are in Jesus and stand firm. And who you are. And whenever anyone tells you something that just isn't in your spirit, know where that comes from. It don't come from up there, it comes down from down there. And it could go back down there in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. I could not be standing here today before you if it wasn't for the mercy of Christ and crack opening the Word. This is foundational to your growth in, in the community, this is foundational to your growth. As a person, as a believer... You need to stop listening to those words out there and start putting your mind in this word right here. Come on, somebody. You need to stop listening to the words. on. You need to stop being discipled by Fox and CNN and all the cable news. We are not cable news disciples. We are disciples of the word of Jesus Christ. Come on, someone say amen. I don't need to be discouraged by their words. I can be encouraged by the word. Somebody say, all heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. Someone say Amen. Be careful what you fill yourself with because over time, those words will drag you. Those words will hurt you. They will depress you and discourage you. But I'm here to tell you the opposite. You are somebody. Know who you are. You are a child of the living God that he would come and die for you. And if you were the only person on the earth, Jesus would still die for you because he loves you. He knows who you really are. Someone right now, you're struggling with a sin. You're struggling with addiction. You're struggling with drugs. You're struggling with, with pornography. But I'm here to tell you the enemy keeps barraging you about your mess. But I'm here to tell you who God says you are despite the mess. You are not that. You are somebody else in Jesus' name. So, so uh, I, I feel like David and Jonathan's a great example because Saul was chucking spears at David. And what a great, innocent, just good man. He got out the way. And the reason I brought up this point is because a good friend gave him good counsel. And David's just wondering, like, man, what did I do? I'm not, I, I'm not, I don't want the throne. I don't want that fame. I don't want that crown. All I want is God. But I'm, 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 my life is being sought after. And you know what? What happened one time at a feast, David doesn't go to the feast at the king's table. And David tells Jonathan, there's, there's, a, there's a conversation. David tells Jonathan, I think... Your dad is trying to kill me. Jonathan's like, no way, no way, no way, no way. How can my dad want to do that to you? You're one of his most valuable people in his his cabinet, so to speak. And he says, I think he's trying to kill me, Jonathan. And this is what he says. I'm going to go out to the field. I'm not going to be at the dinner tonight. And if you hear anything about your dad trying to kill me, I need you to come to that field. All right? And Jonathan, Jonathan says, okay, if I hear anything that my dad says about you, I'm going to go to that field. And what I'll do, David, is <clears throat> if I shoot an arrow beyond you, or if I shoot an arrow beside you, that means my dad's not trying to kill you. You, you. You're okay. You know, you're fine. But if I hear that my dad is trying to kill you, I'm going to shoot an arrow beyond you. Well, I, I feel, I really sense the Holy Spirit doing something right now. Watch this. He said, I'm going to shoot the arrow beyond you. And with... If I shoot the arrow past you, I'm going to tell my servant, go, go get it, go away. It's way over there. And that was an indicator. And so what happened? Saul started shouting his words and I'm going to kill David. And so there at that field, Jonathan, what did he do? I can imagine the tears in his eyes and the pain in his heart. His best friend. But because of good counsel and correction, Jonathan saved David's life. Jonathan shot the arrow beyond David, signifying leave If you stay here, you're gonna die. My dad is truly after you. Can you imagine the abuse and the shame and the hurt? What did I do? That might be some of you today, what did I do? Why am I being attacked? What did I do to my boss? What did I do to my husband? What did I do by my wife? Can I share something with you? Hurt people, hurt people. They're damaged, they're hurt, they're broken. And watch this you need to let go and some of us here are here today because some of those wor- or some of us here right now we're soured and we're bitter by some people's words but don't hold on to that much longer forgive them forgive them as Jesus forgave you amen forgive them so I'm, I want to share with you as we talk about counsel and correction and words don't get hit by the spear definitely don't get it back up because I'll be honest with you where I come from I, I, I'm getting that I'm But as I became a Christian, I, I gotta drop it. I can't throw it back. If I, I I can't, I can't. This is where the devil works, tossing spears at each other. It's just gonna disrupt us in our walk and our journey. You need people who are gonna bring in a circle. You need to be with people in a circle who're gonna bring healing and encouragement. My last point is this: Uh, you need people in your life, Christian community, who are gonna encourage you, empower you. And equip you. Let me say that again. You're gonna need people around you, good people in the church, to empower you, encourage you, and equip you. What do I mean by that? Look what it says in Hebrews. Or or before I get to that, let me share this. There's another instance of great friends in the Bible. You know, Paul the Apostle wrote nearly two-thirds of the New Testament, and he was a Christian killer, he was a terrorist, he 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 was a legalistic a Jew he wanted just to throw Christians in jail and you know not let this faith rise but one day he met Jesus on the road to Damascus and Jesus blinded him now watch this in a way he 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 saw the risen lord and was coming to the lord in a way but look what happened god sent a person to help him god sent the person of Ananias to give him his assignment to give him his purpose, to help him up and stand up when he could not see. See, it's one thing to believe in Jesus, but watch this, the next step of your faith is Jesus wants to put an Ananias in your life to help you stand up and to help you see. Come on, y'all, all right? To help you, I'll encourage you to speak life. If you know what? God is doing this in your life. I think this is the purpose that God has for you. I hear him saying that you're going to be a mighty warrior. A, a difference maker. And a world shaker. We need an Ananias in our life. Not only was Ananias his friend. But watch this. There was another friend. A great friend. His name was Barnabas. Say Barnabas. When Paul got saved and they invited him to church. The church was like, whoa. This is a little too, this is a little too edgy for us. This guy was putting people in jail. We know people that he was, in in fact, you know, approving of their death. And watch this. You know you have a good friend like Barnabas? Is that when when everyone says, whoa, I don't know about you, they're skeptical about you, a friend will stand up for you like Barnabas. Barnabas stood up for Paul and believed in Paul. You need people who believe in you. You need people who see the potential in you. You need people who speak life into you and say, I know you're struggling with that. I know you're going through that. But this is what God says about you. Someone say amen. See, prosperity begets friends, but adversity proves them. Let me say that again. Prosperity begets friends, but in the time of trouble, it proves them. Let me tell you, in the church, in a healthy church... When you go through adversity and you go through trouble, I promise you people will show up in your life even if they don't know you that well. Why? Because they want to fulfill Christian love. They want to, they want to love you. They want to help you, all right? They want to share with you. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Paul had a, uh, excuse me, and let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds. Not giving up, say not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, I don't know about you, but the days feel more tougher. (laughs) The days seem more challenging. And I don't know how you live a healthy life and have a healthy mindset without gathering with the saints and the brothers and the sisters in the faith. It says that we may spur one another on. To love and good deeds. What that means, that word spur in the Greek, it means to stir. God wants to stir your heart and your spirit. He wants to put people around you who are gonna stir you and empower you and provoke you to do good things in your life and to think about good things and how to go about them in Jesus' name. You know, there are gonna be two different groups of people in your life. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, there were two, two, pe- two people on the cross. Two thieves. One of the thieves was a uh, one of the both. These were actually uh, excuse me. Both of them were criminals. One of them just barraged Jesus. You're not this. If you're if you're the miracle worker and the savior, get yourself off. The, you know, just just making fun of Jesus, criticizing Jesus, critiquing Jesus. Then you had another person on the other side of him, dying altogether, and he was humble enough to say. Would you remember me when you get into paradise? Would you forgive me? He was a smart guy moments before dying. You're gonna have two groups of people in your life who are gonna be for the Jesus in your life, and another group who's not gonna be for Jesus in your life. You need to stick with the ones who are for Jesus. Why am I saying that? Because who you walk with is who you become, who you walk with is who you become. If you start hanging around certain people, you're gonna become like them. And God wants you to be around people who are like Jesus. And watch this, all that you, you say, Pastor, I wanna change, I wanna grow. Well, start hanging around Jesus' people. Just start hanging around Jesus' people, and you'll see that your attitude will just automatically change. That the words that are coming out of your heart and your mouth will automatically change. You'll go from, you'll stop speaking words of death. And anger, and all of a sudden you'll just see blossom in your life. all of a sudden you'll realize, man, I'm speaking words of life and empower. why? Because I'm keeping company and fellowship with people who do that. Amen? One who walks with the wise becomes wise, but whoever keeps company with fools hurt themselves. So when you keep good company with Christ's followers, number one, it sharpens you, say it sharpens you. Number two, it corrects you and counsels you, and you need that. Oh my gosh, let me just say this. Don't be the prideful person that doesn't allow correction in your life. That's pride. You know what the Bible says? If you think that nothing is wrong with you, there's something great, greatly wrong with you. That's called pride, and God, one thing God don't like is pride. You gotta, and I understand that, you know, you have to have the right people correcting you. I get that. But watch this, we all need correction. And by the way, if you're married, <laughs> how many of you have been married for a minute up in here or just started to get married? All right, and you have a family. That's where I'm at. You need course correction, all right? <laughs> because you will make a lot of the mistakes in your marriage and some of you have. And some of you brothers and sisters have been here, uh, been married for a long time. Maybe it's for your time to stand up and start counseling the younger brothers in Jesus' name, giving them guidance so they don't make the same mistakes that you made, amen? So it sharpens us, corrects us, It counsels us, all right? Not only does the Holy Spirit want to counsel us and give us guidance, he wants to send people in your life, all right? To guide you and shape you and form you as well, all right? Walking with the Christian community carries us and lastly, it empowers us, encourages us and equips us, all right? Can I have every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment? Father, we thank you so much. For your work that is being done in this community. And even now, Lord, I sense you moving mightily. I sense you, Lord, using your word today to give people hope again. Someone here, Lord, is receiving hope again. Life again. And encouragement again. And so, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you bring light out of darkness and give hope and purpose to those who are struggling today. I pray, Lord, that you help people online and in person realize who they are rather than who they're not. I pray, Father, that they would stick around with people in this church so that they would grow and aspire to whom God you have called them to be. In Jesus' name. You know, maybe you're here for the first time online. Maybe you're watching for the first time or second time. Maybe you've been coming to the calling for a month or so, and you've been trying this Jesus thing out. I have a question for you. Do you know Jesus Christ? I'm not asking if you know about Jesus, but do you know Jesus? Do you have a personal connection and relationship with him? You know, there is a heaven, there is a hell, there is a God, there is an enemy, there are angels, there are demons. And let me tell you, life is too short. Eternity is too long. All right? To not take Jesus seriously. Give him your heart today. And watch this. Today's the day of salvation. Don't wait for next week. Don't wait for tomorrow. Tomorrow is not promised to anybody. Jesus wants to give you peace. He wants to give you hope and purpose and meaning in your life. Give him your life today. But here's the kicker. Jesus will not force his way in your heart. That's what's beautiful about God Almighty. He will not force his way in your life. He will only only come into your heart and your life if you would welcome him into your life. You say, Pastor Michael, I know I need Jesus. I've been struggling with addiction. I've been struggling with purposelessness. I've been battling brokenness. And I feel like God is calling me home. Look, let me tell you, friend, today, uh, you don't have to have Pastor preach at you, all right? You know whether you need Jesus or not. So I want to connect with you. And when you receive Jesus, I'm going to pray a prayer with you. That's that's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to ask for your name, your phone number, your email, or anything like that. And I believe he's moving in this place. And even if it's just one of you who received Jesus, the angels rejoice in heaven. So here we go. On the count of three. I'm going to count to three. And I just would love for you to raise your hand. To say, I know I need Christ. I want to give him my life. I want to give him my heart. I'm not perfect. God is not asking for perfection. He's just asking, hey, I, I know uh, I, without me, your life will never make sense. You need forgiveness of your sins. And watch this. He'll give you hope, meaning, purpose, and unconditional love. So here we go. On the count of three, I want to give my life to Jesus. One, two. Anyone in the house, I want to give my heart to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. I want to give my heart to Jesus. So good. I see you. So good. So good. I see you over there. So good. Powerful. Anyone else, I want to give my heart to Jesus. My life to Jesus. Amen. I see you over there. So good. Powerful. Amen. Amen. All right. Heads up. Eyes open. Give the Lord a mighty clap. Come on. Give him a big clap for that. So powerful. Amen. I'm so proud of you. Can I have all of you guys stand with me in his presence? And let's just pray a prayer and receive him in our heart. Say, dear Dear God. Say, dear God. Let's all say it together. Dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. I believe I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. Lord, come into my heart. Give me hope. I give my life to you. I don't want to ever live the same. I give you all of my trust. I give you the keys to my life. Be in the driver's seat. Take the wheel. I will walk with you for all of my days. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. Come on, give the Lord a clap. So good. So powerful. So proud of you guys. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. Our mission as a church is choosing Jesus, chasing freedom, discovering our gifts, and serving Jesus. I have a question for you. What is your next step with Christ? Take your next step today by visiting thecallingla.com. If today's message touched you, we'd love to partner with you in sharing the hope and the message of Christ. So visit thecallingla.com slash give.